Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am pleased to welcome back my good friend for the fifth time, sixth time? Maybe six. Maybe sixth time? Bill Searcy, welcome back. Thanks, Dana. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. We're recording on a beautiful Sunday morning here in Florida, in the heart of Florida, and the weather's gorgeous. The masks are off. <laughs> I have no mask. I have no mask. I have a hat, but no mask. So, Bill, last time I had you on, we did a 1980s movie draft, and we are obviously going to revisit the 80s little little way down the road, uh, but uh, I think the logical next step for us was to visit the 1990s. So as the title of this episode says, this is our 1990s movie draft. And I just want to start by saying that the 80s was challenging for me to do, but, and you and I talked about this off mic, the 90s, we're both in our 40s. The 90s was our decade because the 90s is when I was 18. I'm going to the movies three times a week. Everything everything on my list on my big board i saw in the theater what about you yeah i if there's one it, it's probably just one that i didn't go to but same same thing with me i went to the movies a lot you know back in high school and college at least in high school like you, friday night you know if you went on a date i mean you're going to the movies and it was cheap it wasn't like it is now it's the easy thing to do so we went to the movies a lot i can recall when i was living in because i was living in tennessee when i was in high school and there were actually three movie theater types up in Knoxville. There was the first run theaters, your Regal Cinemas, where you were, I think back AMC. then. You were, we had AMC. Yeah, you were probably paying back then maybe about five, six bucks a ticket. I remember three seventy five. And there was a dollar movie theater. We had that. And those were, po- those were popular where they would show movies that in some cases were already on home video, but it was like a buck to go see the movie. And sure. they, those theaters made their money through concessions. That's how they made their money. But there was this one lone movie theater that I would probably peg as sort of a mom and pops that showed first run movies, $2. Whoa. And that was a big, big deal for us when we were in high school because $2 was a lot of money back yeah, then. Yeah, we didn't have that. We definitely had the normal theaters, a- AMC and UA theaters. And, and we had the dollar theater, the old Plit 4 uh, showed dollar movies. And then we also had a couple cinema draft houses, oh. which had uh, like a two theater thing, tables, chairs, beers, chicken wings, that kind of thing. That was pretty cool. Get a beer and wings and sit at a table and watch a movie. So we, we had definitely had multiple options in the 90s growing up. I mean, the big thing for us was that particular movie theater. I can't remember the name of it, but it, you know, it had a Mortal Kombat arcade game. That was a big Ooh. deal for us too. I mean, that was 93, 94. That was a big deal. But having said all of that, trying to put together a list of movies from the 90s was by far, this has by far been the most challenging. We've done sports, we've done comedies, we've done action movies, we've done the 80s, and those all had a level of challenge. But for me, this was, this was so difficult that I decreed right away that this is part one. Sure, because there's it's it's impossible, I, and I love it because I'll have to hold back on some of my extra responses because I got to save room for part two. So because there is too many, and I also want to just set the record straight that you and I are not drafting what we think the ten greatest movies of the 1990s are. There's a number of lists put together by people way smarter than you and I that could could defend you know the 10 greatest films ever made oh yeah and let's be honest I am not the movie expert I you you have probably new listeners that don't know me yet but I am by far not a movie expert I am a Bill Searcy uh sports guy but um I'm definitely not a movie expert so my list will definitely show who I am 
Bill. I think you're not giving yourself <laughs> enough credit. You've been on the show six times now. All right, yeah, I'm you, getting there. You bring something to the table, obviously. So. I, I have to portray that. Just I got to so. beat myself down. Just you know, but just. but to go back, I mean, just this is going to be ten movies that mean something to both of us. You know, be it where we were in our lives, what the what the film uh, meant to us at that particular period. So. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. But I'm also really, really excited at the fact that when we did our last draft, mm. you made a trade proposition, which I feel like is coming to bite you in the ass right now. Yeah, it definitely well, is. Why don't you just to recap the listeners of, of the trade negotiations yeah. you made last time? I mean, we got a war room behind us. I mean, I got a staff of people here just uh, making phone calls and and uh, we had an idea during that 80s draft that uh, we needed two picks. There were two movies we just could not live without. And uh, we offered Dana, actually, I offered Dana, um, my first round pick in our next draft to get the first two picks of the 80s draft. So I gave away a pick, plus I gave him some other items of tokens of uh, some value. Other ancillary benefits, if you will. Yeah, so I traded away my first round pick here. So I'm happy with my two picks in the 80s, but now I'm going to have to sit back and wait and cross my fingers that I don't lose something. Well, uh, that so that's basically going to mean that I'm going to be doing 11 picks because I'm getting two first round picks. And then two through ten, and then you'll be getting two through ten, so you'll be getting I get nine, nine picks. Nine times. Nine, <laughs> nine times. Uh, we also want to just say that we, we do set a couple parameters for our uh, our picks. The first parameter is that if you pick a movie that is ultimately part of a franchise, you get the entire franchise. So I'm not saying that I'm picking a Lethal Weapon movie, but if I was to pick Lethal Weapon 2, I'd get all of the Lethal Weapon films. and That'd we get be a value pick. Value pick. Yeah. yeah. So value picks are out there. The other one, to set things a little bit more challenging, this is the one that almost came back to bite us a bit in the 80s, was that when you select a movie, that director of that movie, all of his other films in that decade are officially off the board. So Yeah, I'm going to need your help on that one. So looking at 1980s, you picked a John Hughes film right yeah. off the bat. Yep. So John Hughes was, you were un, unable to pick the godfather of the 1980s films. Right. He was off your board right away. Well, you, be, you better pick the best one that he's got or your favorite because you, you, that's your only shot at him. So I get it. That's so, tough. So I've got some challenges in front of me. So, Bill, without further ado. Yeah, bud. I think I'm going to start the draft off with my number one. My first overall pick in the 1990s draft is going to be a movie. That came out in 1996, okay? Got it. Directed by Doug Lyman, his first film. Now, he would go on to direct a number of notable films, one of the Bourne Identity movies, Edge of Tomorrow. This was a challenge for me because he also directed a movie in 1999 that I really love, that I wanted to, I, I strongly considered it, but I, I have to go with, I have to go with Swingers as my first overall pick just because this movie came out at a time when I was very close to the age of the characters. And I could so relate with John Favreau's character of Mike. He had he had moved to Los Angeles to pursue a, you know, a, a stand-up comedian acting career. And really the movie is just him hanging out with his buddies and sort of the little adventures they get on. The dialogue is so honest and so earnest and so believable. And it came out right before the technology boom that we all live, we all, we're all living through right now. So when these guys go out with their friends, no one's got their face buried in their phone. They're, they're going out, they're hanging out, they're trying to meet women. It, it's just such a perfect 
movie that represents kind of what my life was like in the late 90s. So Swingers. I love it. Written by John Favreau, loosely based on his his life as far as, you know, he was an up and coming actor. His big break, why wouldn't you say his big break? He was in he had a small part in Rudy. He played Eric the Clown in the Seinfeld episode, which is classic. Uh, but Swingers was the movie that sort of introduced him to the world. But it also, more importantly, Vince introduced Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, I will say, and this is not a knock on him, he's been riding the character of Trent for the sure. past, let's see, that's 20, for the past 25 years. And I was fine with it. Yeah. And I'm I, still, I mean, I love yeah. that guy. I um, just, yeah, I want to hang out with that guy. I, I'm, oh. still, I'm still good with it. So, it. so Swingers is my number one pick. And what is your thoughts on the movie? All right. Well, again, this was something. Um, now you mentioned that you'd get. We went to the movie theaters to see most of these movies. I did not. This was a movie that probably went to the theaters. Didn't I? Didn't catch it. Didn't know it. What time? What year? You said ninety six. Okay, so ninety six. I'm playing baseball in college, and my head is not in going out to the movies. We. I was severely focused on my baseball career, so I had no clue that it was out. But. Once it was done with the movie theaters, I think it was talked about a ton. So then, then I was all over this movie. This is an example of, and this this rare this almost can't happen anymore. But Swingers is an example of a movie that had a limited theatrical run. I was lucky enough to see it. It was only in a handful of theaters for about two weeks, but really had. Uh, an explosion on home video. Oh, yeah. And, and just this, word of mouth, right? Yeah. Like pe- the scenes and some of the dialogue. That's where you're like, oh, my God, did you see that movie when Vince Vaughn? You didn't even really call him Vince Vaughn. You just said that movie when whatever, right? You yeah, it was it, about the scenes. And, and that, that, that what happened quite a bit in the 90s where movies would find new life on home video. And Swingers is a perfect example of that. But I remember you know, visiting some friends that were going to the University of Florida and I'm in a dorm room and, you know, they've got a swingers poster on the wall where it says your money, baby, and you don't yeah. even know it. Oh, I mean, I love it. so just just a just a fantastic movie. So number yes. one pick. Well done, sir. All right. Swingers is off the board. Doug Lyman is off the board. So uh, for those who yeah, are curious, who else? What the, else? the 1999 movie Go was also directed by Doug Lyman, which I think is just a fantastic movie that moves at a terrific pace and has a fantastic cast. I've really, really been been trying to figure out my number two pick here. Yeah, because I I mean, now this, I go. I mean, you, you have this all this space. But let's check, yeah, my next number yeah. one pick. My yeah. next number one pick. And these are, again, these are the movies that meant something to me. And I've thought long and hard about this. And I'm going to go with 1995's Heat, directed by Michael Mann, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and write that on the board here. You know, just recently, uh, Jim Hemphill and I did a Icons episode where we broke down the filmography of Michael Mann, who I think is, I wouldn't say he's underrated because he's made some incredible films, but I don't think he's a household name like your Spielbergs, your Tarantinos, your Nolans and things like that. But I think he deserves to be. Although I would tell you, I probably, if, had to choose between Heat and Collateral as far as which Michael Mann movie I'd like to watch the most. I might lean a little bit more towards Collateral. I find myself revisiting Heat once a year. And Jim Hempel said it best. For a movie that's two hours and 45 minutes long, you do not feel that runtime. Superb performances across the board. Yeah, there's no big personalities there, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, there's a the bank robbery shootout scene is still one of the greatest action set pieces 
ever put to film. The entire scene where De Niro and Pacino are having that cup of coffee and they're just going back and forth. It's the first time they've been on screen together. You feel that weight. Now, for those that have not listened to our Icons episode, uh, I was surprised to learn that Heat was a movie that Michael Mann has been trying to make since 1979. And he made a television version of this film in 1989 called L.A. Takedown, which is only an hour and a half long, but is a shot for shot version of heat it's kind of the way jim described it a rough draft and that episode i mean that movie is available on youtube and i strongly recommend you watch it so bill what's your thoughts on heat as dana probably does too we reach out to our friends just to see uh kind of get a pulse of where my picks are versus my buddies and i would say that this movie came up with maybe about half of my guys yelling at me you better pick heat because i you know now i got guys rooting for me on these drafts and it came up a lot obviously i saw it right away just one because you know from my point of view you know what gets me with some of these movies is just the actors that are in it right so once you see the cast you're like awesome and then uh, when you see it it's just great i saw it at the movie theater i just recently watched it again because i was prepping for this so now my the pressure's off me that i don't have to figure out when to pick that since you picked the awesome movie i mean again what are you what are you going to say about some of these like scenes when pacino and de niro are chatting at that table and one's the cop and one's the bad guy. I mean, what that's and, awesome. And, and they have the ultimate respect, respect for, for each, each other. other. Oh my gosh, that's what's cool. And it's kind of like it's kind of like Pacino is not going to just arrest him even though he knows this guy is a career criminal who's probably stolen millions of dollars in his life cuz Pacino knows he's got nothing on him. But he says, "If I ever see you, I'm going to take you down. He goes, you're going down, brother. And I fucking love that. Awesome. And then De Niro gives it right back to him. If I got to get out of there. If it's between you and me. I'm out. You're done. (laughs) You're done. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, just just that scene alone is worth it. But the whole movie is awesome. So that takes. uh, So off my board is Doug Lyman and Michael Mann. So movies that I am not allowed to pick anymore, obviously, are Go. I'm not allowed to pick The Last of the Mohicans. And I'm not allowed to pick The Insider. Because those are those are two Michael Mann movies that came out in the nineties. Did you say Collateral too or no? Collateral's two thousand four. Oh, okay, that, okay. So okay. I was just saying that Collateral is that. I gotcha. If I was because Collateral, I I I can't even begin to tell you how much I love that movie. I just it's what that's a top ten. Cool. Yeah. So Bill, I've I've, I've oh I've been, I'm up. I I've get been, to go. I've been rambling on for the past twenty minutes. Did <laughs> did you have any picks? <laughs> no, I guess. Well, thanks. I get to pick yes, now. Thanks, yes. man. I appreciate that. I knew you liked me a little mm. bit. I mean, it is it is my recipe. I mean, I did give it to you. I gave you the pick, so it is my own fault. But um, so your number, great picks. Your number two pick. All right, a couple things on me. One, I have my own eternal rule that uh, I've just uh, came up with myself. Not like I have tons of followers, but whoever is following me, I want everyone to know that if I've picked a movie from previous drafts, I, I won't go there. Um, so I have my own internal rule. So like, for example, swingers, I picked on my comedy draft. So I wouldn't have picked swingers anyway, just because I already have it on one of my picks. So anyway, that's my internal rule. I want to kind of dedicate this, um, episode in my draft, um, for nineties movies to a good friend of mine that I just lost. Um, I'm going to honor this, um, a good friend of mine, Matt Burkhart that I nicknamed the big sweat. And um, he was just a really good friend, and we lost him last week. 
And um, I won't get into too many details, but uh, he was in the military and um, had retired from the military. He's very young, has a beautiful wife that he's left here with us and a beautiful daughter. And uh, we're all thinking about the big sweat. We love you, Matt. And um, this draft's for you, buddy. Absolutely. So I wanted to say that. Um, I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So in honor of Big Sweat, maybe one of my best nicknames of all of all my friends, um, this one's for you. So this pick, I, honestly, um, I don't have like a go-to one or two. So I'm really struggling uh, you know, for weeks now what I was going to pick. But with all that said, I couldn't live with myself without going any further without picking tombstone so my number my first pick which is the second round pick i'm going with tombstone so dana i i'm gonna i usually lead in with the info of the movie i'm not gonna do that this time i'm gonna just say my pick see what dana you know says about him and then i'll make a couple comments so what's interesting for me about tombstone is that was 1993 that that movie came out and that's a year or so after Unforgiven came out, mm-hmm. which I remember that was like everyone was talking about Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood directed Unforgiven, and the and the Western is back. You know, the Western was was non-existent with the exception of like Silverado and Young, Young Guns. Guns. Yeah, but Desperado. the like in, in the fifties and sixties, you know, the Western was king. There, there, were, a lot. There, there were two types of movies that were coming out. There was musicals and westerns. Mm-hmm. And that that was the kind of like now we get, uh, you know, Marvel films and Star Wars. Sure, films, but, it was, but back then. That was musicals and westerns. And people spaghetti were, westerns. Yeah, people, people grew tired of it. And I remember Unforgiven comes out. I think I think it was 92. I could be wrong. It could be 91. I apologize. Someone's yelling right now. They're hating you. Yeah. But I didn't see Unforgiven in the theater, but I did eventually rent it on video and at the time was bored to tears oh yeah watching yeah, that movie it, yeah, yeah. yeah the beginning too is really slow bored to tears oh my gosh and was never really big into westerns so i remember begrudgingly kind of being dragged to the theater by my friends to go see tombstone, tombstone and realizing quickly that oh this is a good movie and i and, love western so that that's another reason yeah. why it's probably rose up on my ranks here it's this just, this became the movie that made me really start to stand up and take notice of westerns and and this is all because of the characters <laughs> the performances by all parties involved right down to freaking jason Priestley. like sure everybody gives an incredibly engaging performance. You got Billy Bob Thornton, who's, you know, the the deal, the, he's, oh. he's, the, he's the casino dealer. Yeah, he's just a the, jerk uh, in yeah, the saloon, and, and he just, it's, yeah. It's, he's the, but every character is so damn engaging, mm-hmm. and you get, the movie spends enough time with you getting to know the brothers that when shit really starts to hit the fan, when the showdown at the OK Corral sure. eventually happens, absolutely, you're, you're fully vested in these characters. Oh, you're all in. You're walking down the street with them. Yeah, yeah, you're you're you're, you're in. And and it, I remember watching this about a year ago, and the character of Ike, you get so frustrated with him. You get so frustrated because he's such a shit talker. Uh-huh. And then when the showdown at the OK Corral happens, don't shoot me, don't he's, shoot yeah, me. Yeah, he's a dipshit. And, and when he finally gets his uh, comeuppance, if yes, you will, sure. it's so satisfying. Yeah, you're like, but, finally. But the I remember, the obviously, the, the two characters that stand out the most for me are going to be Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday and Michael Bean's Ringo. 
Oh, when yeah. those two have their first little moment inside the saloon mm-hmm. where they're going back and forth it's in Latin. Great. With and, the gun, with the, the gun with the too. Like, oh. I remember the smile on my face when Val Kilmer starts twirling His the cup. little cup. And I was like, oh, this is great. And <laughs> and that was the moment I learned that Val Kilmer is amazing. He's a stud. He's, he's a stud. stud. Yeah, absolutely. He's, a stud. he's, he's, you know, he's in Top Gun, but he's just, you know, he's Iceman. He's in Real Genius. He's a, he is his, I, no, no one's going to dispute this. His best performance of his career is Tombstone. I'll be your Huckleberry. It, it's it really is. So he's um, phenomenal in this. How can you, how can you not pick that movie? I think that's I think that's a and great. Kurt Russell Wyatt Earp yeah. is like, dude. He steals the show, and still Kilmer is still just as good. How about when he slaps Billy Bob Thornton? Oh yeah, yeah. How got, great is no that? Gun. Open hand slaps yeah. Yeah. multiple times. Billy go, Billy, Billy Bob Thornton says, "You know, for a man that don't go heels, you sure run your mouth a lot." He goes, "Don't have to go heels with." <laughs> oh. I love it. I love oh, it. What a showdown, man to man, face to face showdown on yeah. that one. Oh, and and that's worth the watch just with that. See, and the intensity in Kurt Russell. In you see that it in his moment. eyes. You see it in his eyes, and oh. you're like, "This is not somebody you mess with." Like it, steel it's, blue eyes. You, yeah. No, he's. <laughs> And what's interesting is this is this is interesting because Tombstone also represents that unique, semi-unique occurrence where multiple movies will come out the same year about the same subject matter. So you've got a Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp movie that also Wyatt Earp name Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp, not even close, which is like three hours long. Dennis Quaid plays uh, uh, Doc Holliday, and it is as boring as I've ever seen a movie. Now some people probably like it. Here's the thing about Tombstone. Here's a little hidden, hidden fact about Tombstone. So, directed by George P. Cosmatos. Okay. All right. I feel good. I don't know if I have another one of his. I've... Well, here's the thing. I feel all right. Here's here. the thing about George P. Cosmatos. Okay. All right. Now, he's the kind of director that you hire if your star of the movie actually wants to direct the movie, but can't direct the movie. So, example, George P. Cosmatos directed Rambo First Blood Part Two, which notoriously, you know, Stallone really, because at this point, the Rocky movies, he's out, he's up to Rocky Four oh, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Stallone's on top of the world. He, he's, he's secretly directing the movie. Got it. Uh, George P. Cosmatos also directed Cobra a year later. Mm. Again, Stallone directs these movies. So, the original director, forgive me, I don't know his name on Tombstone, was actually fired or left for creative differences with Kurt Russell. And then they brought on George P. Cosmatos because Kurt Russell was really directing this movie. So that's just a little side side note on uh, on Tombstone. Yeah, obviously, I didn't know that. Now, now the other thing, too, we Val Kilmer's been he's in two of the movies already, right? Mm-hmm. He's in heat. Dude, yeah, he's look in at heat. that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then two, we get our boy Powers Booth, one oh, of the greatest yeah. names of all time. Powers Booth. He's the best. And he's, you know what? We if lost I had another him. kid, I think I might call him Powers. We, we lost him a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and R.I.P. He's he's the bad guy in Sudden Death. Well, the the, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins Jean-Claude Van Damme hockey movie. That's the greatest. It's the Enough greatest. said, Dana. Yeah. Drop the mic on that. Yeah. I'm done. So Powers Booth is awesome. Charleston Heston's in this. Charleston Dude, Heston's one of the, the yeah. like, I love when some of these movies pull in an old timer. I'm sure that's a lack of better terms, old timer, but another icon from the previous decade. It's, and it's, they bring him in. That, that's cool that he's in this. Absolutely. That's cool. Okay, so 
I am on to my yeah. num- I'm oh, on to my number two. Pick. And by you can cut this out if you want, but my movie also has its own name for pizza too. So I mean, look at the Tombstone oh, Pizza. Okay, I mean, okay. I was like, you can cut that. Th- out. That went that went over my head for a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, well, well, there's one more part though. Um, every time every time I think about uh, Tombstone, I think about National Lampoon's Vacation when they go to Tombstone, Arizona, and Clark is bothering the bartender. <laughs> and the, and the, the what? But it's the Wyatt Earp character is like no cussing. No fighting, no gunslinging. <laughs> is that when he gets all the cash? He no, hits no, the counter? No, no, no. That's, That's when not he's it? yelling at the bartender. He's like, hey, yellow belly, I'm talking to you. He pulls up the shotgun. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's all part of the experience. They're used to it. All right, so my number two movie, I'm going to go a little heavy. I'm going a little heavy. Oh, all right, let's go. I can handle it. The 90s is going to be forever known as the decade where independent cinema went mainstream, where a low-budget film can be a phenomenon. And that happened numerous times in the 90s. It happened so much that the big studios started their own independent branches. You know, you had 20th Century Fox uh, uh, did a Fox Searchlight, Paramount did Paramount Vantage, you know, Sony did Screen Gems. Like they had all these, you know, they would do these, these, these uh, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Independent. Basically what they would do is they would just buy a movie on the cheap and then say that it was you know independent anyway there was a a number of really really strong independent films and when i say independent i mean these are films that cost a million two million dollars to produce tops and and the one one that really stood out to me was released in 1997 and it is was an oscar winner it was directed by billy bob thornton he won the it was also written by billy bob thornton and he won the academy award for best original screenplay and of course, I'm talking about Sling Blade. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Sling Blade is one of having lived in the South, having lived in a rural part of Tennessee. I know Sling Blade takes place in, I believe, Arkansas, but having lived in that, you know, small town, I can say that it's one of the most authentic Southern movies that I've ever seen in my life. Just the the way the characters are portrayed. This movie, in particular. One, Billy Bob Thornton's amazing in the role of Carl. Uh, number two, I don't know how many, if if you've seen Sling Blade, if you pay attention to so, how long uh, some of the, the single takes are. There are scenes where they're, where they're sitting at the dinner table and that scene goes on for seven, eight minutes uninterrupted. The performances in the movie are incredible. Dwight Yoakam as 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 the bad guy he's great he's amazing he's in a few that he, dude. he is amazing in this film yeah. and it's just a really powerful film and and john ritter great performance in the movie r.i.p yep. i mean we lost a great one when john ritter passed but it's just such an authentic movie and it's so riveting and the way the movie ends it's just it's so powerful so i, I, I i'd be remiss if i didn't include sling blade on my board and i wanted to make sure that i picked it up quickly because i wasn't sure if it was on your board or not it's not i'll, I'll give you that one i you're the expert here I'll, I'll i won't really make any comments there i obviously i know what it is i've seen it i've heard you know multiple times people trying to impersonate yeah. the actor or the character but um i i didn't have it on mine no particular reason but uh well done sir good movie all you good movie and i i strongly if you haven't seen it in a while i strongly recommend you watch it because it mm-hmm. is one of the one of the most uh, well acted movies of the 1990s, and it, again falls into that independent category. Was made for a lot of money, but became an awards darling as well. Got it. All right. So your number three pick. 
third round starting now. All right, let's see. So again, I didn't pre-rank a lot of this stuff, so I'm just struggling. There's so many I want to take and don't want to miss out on. But the first few I'm going to have to just take because I'm connected more to them and some I just don't, you know, I don't want you to get. But this one I'm going to have to just take because it's one of my one of my go-tos. Um, I'm going to go the usual suspects. Okay, the usual suspects. Let me say something about the usual suspects, Bill. That movie is 1995, I believe, is the year that it came out. Directed by, well, mm, it's interesting. There's a couple character. There's a couple people involved with the film that are uh, have kind of oh, how to say this delicately are, are, are problematic. Sure, problematic. But the movie itself is amazing. So it becomes a question of can you separate the art from the artists? So well, you have to. You have to. Mm. You have to in this situation. The, one of the things about the Usual Suspect is, thank God, the internet really wasn't a thing when that film came out. Right. Because the big hook of that film, the and we're not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it because this is a movie can't. that came yeah, out 20, twenty six years ago. So yeah, twenty six years. I, ago. I won't say anything. Either. But it's w- w- the twist ending in that film uh, ranks amongst one of the best twist endings of all time, and I'll say it right now: a better twist ending than The Sixth Sense. Sure. Yeah. And, and that, that, that'll get you to at the end. And it, it's better than it, that. It will. Performances are incredible across the board. It is a, a very tightly paced film. And, you know, like, listen, Kevin tell, Pollack, it's a story. Stephen it's Baldwin. Tell, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's got Kevin Spacey in it. Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Benicio del Toro. So, so I'll say this. So the, the one thing that, that actually there's a scene at the beginning that we just, uh, we would crack up and we'd have to watch like 10 times. Yeah. Is when they do the lineup, yeah. the voice lineup. And they have Holy to say, shit. They have to say the line. Give me yeah. the keys, you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I could, you know, whatever. I could say that. We're trying to. I'm trying to there's, be good here. There's a scene. Can I say the, that or not? I don't no, know. let's leave. Yeah, All right. Like so anyway, that scene when they're when they're in the lineup, and it's not just a visual lineup. They had to say, you know, they had to say a say line. The line. And uh, Stephen, well, one, uh, what's uh, Bene, Benicio del Toro? Benicio del Toro. Okay, yeah. that guy. When he says the line, it's dude, I start crying, right? I mean, I watched it again. I he just sort of mumbles through it. <laughs> it's awesome. And then Stephen Baldwin's line, too, the way he says it, that's hilarious. Oh, my God, I love that. Um, I remember the whole scene, and I'm going to be vague about it, but the whole scene where they're, the New York City police are escorting. They they offer an escort service for people that are smuggling stuff, and they're they're – our, our, our band of characters are hip to it and they, they yep. plan on robbing. That's one of their jobs. It's one of their jobs. Yep. And it's just, uh, but there's a scene when they, when they're robbing the police officers right. and, and they've all got their ski masks on and the cop starts yelling, you know who I am? You know who I am? And the, and Kevin Pollack grabs his badge. It's like, we do now, asshole. <laughs> and I was just like, yes. It's awesome. So, that's it was cool. so good. And the cop just shuts right up. He's like, sure. so that's a that's a phenomenal movie. And that's another example of a movie that everybody was talking about. And, and Exactly. Had, that's and why it's on my list. Had a better yeah. life and home video. I mean, it did well in the theater. It did modestly. Bill, this makes me reminisce about the '90s because yeah, movie rentals. We're looking at we're looking at every one of these picks that look. We've got Swingers, Heat, Sling Blade, Tombstone, Usual Suspects. You know what these all have in common? These are all original stories. Yeah. None, none of these are a sequel. None of them are the same, right? Because in the '90s, every week we would get a new original movie. Sure, there was some sequels here and there, but but yeah. it, it was just it really makes me reminisce. And people would talk about that. No, and and here's the other thing too. 
So, yes, the movie theaters had a life of its own. It was an experience. You go out, you get maybe dinner, then dinner and a movie. You go out, you go to the movies. But then you also had the second genre or the second life of the movie is the movie rental, right? So half the time that you rented a movie at Blockbuster or even just your home movie rental place, you had already seen it, but then you see it again, right? I remember when I saw Terminator 2 in the theater in August of 91. First R-rated film my dad ever took me to see. I was 13 years old. That was a huge monumental moment in my life. Mm -hmm. I still remember it. But the movie didn't come out on home video until December of that year. So weird on the delays sometimes. And I remember calling my local video store starting in September. Mm -hmm. When does Terminator 2 come out? They're like, not yet. Do you have a release date? No, we don't. And I would call once a week. Got to the point where they said, you know what? Just give us your phone number. We'll call you. When we get it. When we get it. But that was exactly it. And when the day that movie came out on home video, we rushed to the video store and our video store had like 10 copies of it. And we got yep. the last one. And um, yeah, how sad was it? So I worked at Blockbuster Video yeah. for like two years and like a really big movie because this was a pretty good sized store. And I won't name any names because I have a couple here that I know. But like if a big movie hit Blockbuster, there might be 30 copies, 40. That's it. And how depressing though is when you get there after school or when you're going like before dinner and all 40 are rented and you're like, shit, I can't even get this. You know, it's all rented out. So then, so then you go back. And there's, you know, there's one up there and you're like, oh, my God, there's one. I can go get it and you grab it. And, you know, that that was that was kind of always fun. It's something that we'll never, ever have to worry about again. We're, it, it, you know, but I get that. And it's, it's I mean, I could just push a button and watch a movie now, any movie. But, you know, it's, but I, it was fun to, like, try to get it. But, you know, the only the only thing that we still have to wait on is when we go see a movie, we don't know exactly when the movie's going to start. We're still waiting on the trailers. The mm-hmm. theater is still in control. That's the one thing that we still don't have control over because <laughs> they won't tell you exactly what time that movie starts. I remember a couple of years ago trying to go see Ford versus Ford versus Ferrari in, in 2019 and realizing that I had my time wrong by like 10 minutes. I had the time wrong is when the movie started. I was 10 minutes late. And I was, I, I remember going, I, 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 if I miss the first 30 seconds of a movie, I'm out. I'm, yeah, out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to watch. 10 minutes. So I said, I, I went to the box office. I said, I've got a ticket for Ford versus Ferrari. Has the movie started yet? And she looks at her computer and she goes, no, no, it hasn't started yet. They're still on previews. I'm like, 10 minutes in? I'm like, shit. I go in, I shit you not, another 10 minutes of previews. More. 20 minutes of previews. Well, so they mix in commercials too now. So oh, like, yeah. and I get it. They're paying the bills. I, I totally understand. But the streaming now, and I don't have to tell the viewers this. I'm catching them before it gets out there. So I'm watching at home or on my phone and it's being released at the movie theater and I'm still yep. watching. So yep. it's just a different time, but I can't wait for movies to op- movie theaters to open back up fully. I know they're open here, but I like, I missed almost a full theater. There were times where I'm like, I hope this movie it's full because I want to hear the reaction to everyone. And I'm the total I opposite. That. I love that. And I'm the total opposite. Yeah, and I've it been, depends on the t- the movie. I've been practicing social distancing at the movie theater for years. <laughs> Tuesdays. And yeah, you were doing yeah, it pre yeah, all this. Yeah. So I, I and I intend to implement those practices on a more regular basis. Sad thing is, I finally buckled in and and got the regal pass, the mm-hmm. monthly pass. Yeah, the day the theaters shut down, Damn, it was, I back know, it was in March unlimited yeah, movies unlimited. for a certain, and they yeah. charged my car. Uh, I bet they did. <laughs> 
and then I shut down. All right. All right. So I'm I'm on to my number three pick. You are. So, yes, sir. All right. So I am going to. Oof. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because I got some good ones on here that I want to I want to pick. I, I definitely want to get here. So give mm. me just a second here. This is tough, bro. We have to do two of these. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to yeah, do I two can. of these. Yeah. I'm going to go with 1994 Speed. I know I've already God, picked you that. Love it. I know I know God, I've already picked that on a pre- on a previous one, but I I am just I'm looking at action movies. I got a little subcategory of action yeah. movies here. I know. And I got this movie for Christmas 94. It was a VHS copy. It was one of my Christmas presents. Back then my parents used to let us open a one Christmas present the night before Sweet. on Christmas Eve. It's awesome. And I had picked up a box and my mom said, "No, I think you want to open this one." And I opened it up and it was Speed. You watched it that and night. We watched it as a family. We Heck watched yeah. it that night. Mom and, knew that. Mom knew we were going to watch. Yeah. And I, again, <laughs> rewatching Speed not too long ago. And for those who don't know, I host dinner and a movie nights. I've been doing this for about a year. A group of people, we get together and we, uh, I talk about the film, give a little presentation. Then we have food and watch the movie. And Speed is on my short list of films to, to do. Again, here's a movie directed by Jan de Bont. So guess what comes off? Guess what I'm not allowed to pick? Oh, now, yeah. Ooh. I can't pick Twister. Because he, he directed he directed Twister. So this is uh, Jan de Bont, who was the director of photography for War Die Hard. I believe we talked about this during the action movie draft. Speed is the movie that introduced the world to Sandra Bullock. A lot of people will say this is the movie that introduced Keanu Reeves as the action star. I'll disagree. Point mm. Break definitely yeah. did that All first. Right. Um, but Sandra Bullock, though. Sandra Bullock. Speed is a... This is awesome in us. I know there's tons of people out there that will say, yeah, well, once the movie started, it never stopped. That's the point. This is a re- no, no, but but then you'll watch the movie and there'll be these lols. Like somebody will say, oh, and then I'm like, there's like this 20 minute period where nothing happens. Speed literally is always going. There's a two minute scene where after the elevator rescue, they're having like a little award ceremony. At the beginning? Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. A little right. award ceremony where, where Keanu Reeves is getting an award and they go out drinking and the next day, boom, we're off and running and the movie never stops. And what if you haven't watched speed in a while watch it it's all practical that's all really happening it's those cool. cars are really being destroyed they really did jump a bus over an overpass yeah now, so they had a ramp the but, ramp right and then yeah. in the movie you don't see the ramp you don't the, so yeah. this bus just so magically they gets really removed, high okay. they, they they digitally removed the ramp but i mean I was thinking about action movies and, and speed is definitely i have to i have to do speed it's you you yeah. got it yep so, what are your thoughts on speed? Um, yeah, I, I, it was awesome. It was cool. It definitely kind of started that genre of the time of like giant action things where the impossible happens and it looks like it could happen, mm-hmm. right? The bus jump, right? So, like that to me, that's what it kind of started for me is just this action movie that, you know, and, and again, this is what you said before. Prior to this, there's not a lot of technology in movies, right? So this is the beginning of making things happen, and you're kind of seeing it like, oh my god, how did the bus jump? So and, and now forget about it. Now you can make anything now, happen. Now, yeah, right. now it's just CGI. Right. So that's kind of cool. And then two, you, you get introduced to Sandra Bullock, um, and she was obviously very attractive and a great actress. She's and you're great like, in the movie. You're, she's awesome in it. She's funny and good looking and great actress. And you're, you're sitting next to her in the bus. You feel like you're on the bus the whole time with her. You're on the edge of your seat with this movie because mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper, who plays the bad guy does just enough to make you think you don't know how this story is going to end. You, you do, he's crazy. He's sure. absolutely crazy, but there's enough. You think the bus might blow yeah, up. There's you enough, still think it might not make it, right? There's enough levity in the movie that, 
you're tense the whole time, but there's enough like funny, quirky little things that happen that let you relax just for a moment. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the scene where she hits the baby carriage and you're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. they went there. Yeah. It's, fill- it's filled with cans and you're like, oh, thank God. Just a tremendous movie. It must have been so daunting to film that movie. Mm-hmm. Because it is all on location. They're all over Los Angeles. And I love the scene with the Jaguar when he gets mm-hmm. the guy's Jaguar and he just opens the door and hits the brakes Boom. and takes it mm-hmm. off. Yeah. He's like, are you insured? He's like, yeah, I'm insured. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, that's cool. So speed. All right. So well done, sir. Well done. Your number four pick. Cersei is on the clock. Let's see what we got here. So again, hey, thanks for inviting me again, man. I, I feel man. like I'm, you know, you keep bringing me back. I haven't like thrown up on myself too much here. No, you're so doing great. You're I appreciate great. that. I'm I'm trying to get better at this. So listeners, let me know how I'm doing. But hey, I'm I'm trying to fire away at stuff. I'm still reaching for iconic '90s movies. Uh, I, an- another movie. I say, now here's the other thing. There is strategy here with me that there's some movies that I think Dana probably won't pick. So I'm saving them for you know down down the line here. But uh, another one that I don't want to lose that um, I recently just watched again and. Such a cool, speaking of thrill movies and scenes that uh, probably were very realistic, the beginning of this movie, you see a big crash scene. I'm talking about The Fugitive. Ah, The Fugitive. All right. Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones wins an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in that film. He was awesome. He's awesome. What's interesting, that's directed by Andrew Davis. So that means that you have to take Under Siege off your board. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What can I tell you about The Fugitive? When I saw it in the theater, I I was very concerned that the movie had sort of climaxed with the when he escapes. When yeah, he the, escapes, bus the bus and the, the train. The, the bus and train. Yeah. I said, oh, I don't think the movie's going to get any better than this. But it's such a cat and mouse, and, and the performances are so good. Uh, Harrison, there's a twist. There's a twist. There's a twist. Yeah. There's a twist. So so I was very concerned watching it in real time going, ah, how are they going to top that scene? Mm. And they and they eventually do. It just just through Just through the... You know he's innocent. Mm-hmm. You know he is. Yeah, you know you are. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, too, kind of yeah. feels like, you know how you were saying earlier with De Niro and Pacino yeah. respecting each other? That happens in this movie. The great line. Right? The great line where, where Harrison Ford says, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones goes, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. And, and, and think about this. For a Harrison Ford starring movie, like he's the headliner of it's a Harrison Ford movie. Mm -hmm. Tommy Lee Jones outshines him so much so that they make a sequel to The Fugitive called U.S. Marshals. Mm -hmm. And remember that The Fugitive was based off of a TV show, a very successful TV show. So what does that tell you about Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive that he does such a good job that Mm -hmm. they give him his own movie and he wasn't even a character in the TV show? (laughs) It's brilliant. And and Tommy that was and that's the movie like we all love Tommy Lee Jones. But that's the movie that reinvigorated his career. So Oh yeah. I mean yeah. It, it probably introduced me to him. Obviously he had put a career prior to that, but Well, he was the bad guy. Two year a year earlier, he was the bad guy in Under Siege, directed by oh, Andrew Davis. There you go. Wow. And See, I didn't know that. He's he's terrific in Under Siege. Now 
here another thing you can i'm gonna so my boy here so i think this guy i always mispronounce his name but he was part of tommy lee uh his staff joey pants <laughs> yeah, joey pants joey pantaloni i can't pantaloni i think he's been in three of my pick um so anyway that guy keeps showing up in some of my movies some of these actors are just so underappreciated because they're what did you think of u.s marshals with wesley snipes yeah, again, I remember it came out great. I remember it. it's just something that I don't rewatch or revisit. But yeah, it was really good. I think yeah. it was successful. Yeah, I mean, I, I I saw it once and remember going that was pretty decent. But that one involves a plane crash, right? Which is crazy. It was. It, it, yeah, I thought that was a good movie, but I haven't revisited it. No, exactly. All right, so that fugitive, the good pick, man, good Thanks. pick, and and I just want to just re uh, just to update the board here if you're just tuning in so i've got swingers heat sling blade and speed you've got tombstone the usual suspects and the fugitive and what's interesting is the three you have are on way down on my big board so mm-hmm. these are not ones that i had really intended on picking but i think that's the genius yeah. of me and you is just we are different which is fine but we are such good friends but just that just shows you with people in general we all can be friends and just be different i mean we we are different and we're buddies right most of the time when we do these drafts when you pick a thing i'm like that was a great movie but it's not even on my list yeah so like we're all so different out here in the real the real world but uh we we can be we can be close so now i find myself in really i will say sort of stressful territory Uh, because there's a couple directors that made a few movies that i it's like, ooh, do I pick this one or do I pick this one? And uh, I'm just going to put it out there. So this is challenging because the two directors I have in mind both made a particular genre movie, and I love both of them. So I'm having a difficult time picking because if I pick this one, that means this one's going to come up. There are other movies going to go off the board. Strategy. But I'm going to have to go with... The genre I'm talking about is submarine movies. Ooh, oh, yeah. Okay. And there are two Couple. stellar submarine movies in the 1990s. Even and, I can think of two. Okay. And they're directed by two fantastic directors who also made other movies that I want to pick. But I'm going to go with 1990s The Hunt for Red October directed by John McTiernan. Nice. All right. That means that Die Hard with a Vengeance comes off my list. That means Last Action Hero comes off my list. Oof. But The Hunt for Red October is such a such a phenomenal film and sean connery plays an incredible character and i'm always reminded that this is this is 1990 this is back when alec baldwin did nothing but serious roles he wasn't the funny guy that he is now not at all the last 30 40 minutes of the hunt for red october are some of the most suspenseful action-packed uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea. Yeah, the sweat on their heads is real. Oh, like their sweat, like, like yeah, it is stressful. such a great movie. And and you would think on paper a movie about submarines. Well, uh, how how uh, how yeah, interesting no, can this, that be? This is awesome. So I just love that movie, and it is is easily it's one of the best submarine films ever made. But I had to go with that one. I'm going to have to leave the other one sure. on, now, on the board. This this will lead me into kind of a, a topic I kind of starred here in my notes. That's Jack Ryan, right? That's Jack Ryan. Right, so that's cool. So my, Wait, wait. That's the Jack Ryan franchise. That's why I'm bringing it up. So that gives me Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger. 
More, there's more than that, yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's uh, the Air Force Ball- One. Is Air Force One him or no? That's no. not okay. no, no, okay. No. So he's the president there, he's right? The pre- okay. Yeah, that's and that's directed by Wolfgang Peterson, okay. Air Force One. But yes, I guess that gives me Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, and present danger uh-huh. because the next Jack Ryan one is The Sum of All Fears, which I believe came out in 2001 or 2002. So I don't that that one doesn't qualify. Here's an interesting little side note on those three movies. Mm-hmm. So Hunt for Red October rated PG. Patriot Games rated R, Clear and Present Danger rated PG thirteen. So there, there's no Weird. real through yeah. line. Like, no, and not. Patriot Games is is, is very much R rated. It's awesome. a very yeah. R rated film. If I had to rank the three, I would still say Hunt for Red October, then Clear and Present Danger, mm-hmm. then Patriot Games. But I think all three are good films. They are great. Yeah, and so this kind of ties in my father, uh, the other William uh, Cersei. Um, he's read probably every Tom Clancy book. So he's all into this. He, he's going to love that pick. Awesome. So, hope well, you're doing good, Dad. Nice, nice, to, nice to see you again there. Thanks for listening, Mr. Sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's I, Big Dog, by the way. He goes by Big Dog. All right, Big Dog. Thanks for listening. If it, if it, uh, if it, I haven't read any Tom Clancy books. I've played plenty of the video games. Yeah, so, so yeah. he'll be happy with you. Yeah. But this guy, you know, Big Dog, he's a book reader. Okay. He's probably read, I don't even want to know. I, I'd like to know, though. Dad, you know, when you're listening, let me know how many books you've All actually right. read. He's read every Star Trek book. I mean, everything. All Great. Right. So, yeah. So, anyway. Well, thanks for listening, Big Dog. You got it. Uh, let's see. All right. So, we're on to your number five pick. Okay. Hunt for Red October. Okay. Moving along. Thank you for listening. Um, all right. So, Cersei's back. Cersei's on five. Here's a movie that uh, the title's terrible. And I think that's probably why it didn't jump off, you know, the radar as much for me. Um, but I'm going to have to give some love to a friend of mine. Another Bill, Bill Blankenship. He told me for about a year, well, when we did action, the action draft, he said, this has to be on your list. It's the greatest action movie of all time. Oh, okay. I'm oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, I'm interested. So I, I didn't watch it at the time. So then then he knew that we're doing these these drafts. And, and I'm like, I hope it comes back up. Because I ended up watching it. I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe how many actors are in this oh, thing. Oh my God. You're really, you're really, you've got me intrigued <laughs> yes. right now. By the way, listeners, I want to remind everybody, we do not know. This is not pre-planned. We're not, we don't, we don't talk to no. each other about our picks and what's on on our board. You have no idea I, I what have I'm no talking idea about. what notes are in front of him. So when I say I'm intrigued, I'm I'm being genuine. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm intrigued because I have no notes in front of me. But. So Blanket Ship finally gets me to watch this movie. Okay. Right? And I watched the movie. And I'm like, maybe I saw it. I don't think so. Because you're talking about like serious group of actors. Oh God. tons. And I think that it's underappreciated as an action movie and it just slammed into this list. Can I can I guess? Of course. Con Air? No, sir. Okay. All right. All right. All well right. done, though. Good try. Okay. Uh, but it's a, it's a huge group of actors. Action y- y- movie. You, you, I mean, I... Yeah. And it's an action film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge group of actors. Title of the movie is terrible for what it is. It <sighs> throws you off. Can you give me a hint? Sure. Val Kilmer, ha- his name is in the cast, but you technically never see his face. No. Yes. No, you can't take this movie. <laughs> You can't. It's coming, no, brother. No, listen, listen. Blankenship no, wins. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, you can't. Yes, it's you happening. Can't. You can't. Let me tell you a little bit about this movie. Yeah, you right? got it now. Yeah, sorry. This it's going to be mine. This is in my 
definitive top 10 list of all time. My girlfriend had never seen this movie. Uh, it was I got to introduce this to her a year ago. And even she was like, that's incredible. Yes. I was watching this movie as a teenager at home on home video. And my mom came in right when Christian Slater. There you go. Right when Christian Slater kills Gary Oldman's character. And she comes in right at that part. And she's Whoa. like, you're turning this Yeah, you're not watching right this. Now. There's no way. And made me return it to the video store. Yeah, I believe okay. it. So you're talking about. True Romance, yes. directed by Tony Scott. Yes. And, uh, and I found out who wrote it. Went, written by Quentin Tarantino. No, I now, couldn't believe that. I was that. so excited. This is, by the hey, way. Hey, Bill, this, well done, sir. This is on my list. Finally. My definitive list. Oof. And I was going to pick this movie. True Romance. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about True Romance. Now, this is written by Quentin Tarantino. It's one of three scripts that he wrote back in the 80s. Okay. He wrote Natural Born Killers. He wrote True Romance, and he wrote Reservoir Dogs, okay? And he ended up selling True Romance for like 50 grand because he wanted to use that 50 grand to, to fund another movie. The original script was told in typical Tarantino fashion in a non-linear sense. So the movie opened up with the, with the, meet, the shootout at the hotel at the end and just oh, really? it just keeps going oh, and back, and, back forth, and forth keeps going back and forth okay. like a typical Tarantino film it's yeah. not not told in chronological order well Tony Scott who directed this film Tony Scott Top Gun Beverly Hills Cop 2 Days of Thunder all right you weren't telling Tony Scott because Tarantino's not a name yet yeah, yeah, Reservoir Dogs done. has come out but Pulp Fiction has not yeah. so Tony Scott is like nope we're gonna we're gonna rework the script, but he left the dialogue in place. Good. So this yeah. is the this is an example of when a great director directs a great screenplay. So I mean, it is everything in all that dialogue is Tarantino, and, and you can tell once it, I yeah. if you don't know he wrote it, you, like uh, I couldn't catch it. Right. But once you know he wrote it, then yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is totally him. Yeah. True Romance is one of my favorite films of all time. And wow. I'm a little bummed. I'm so pumped right now that I got it. I've done not one, but two episodes on True Romance. I recommend you go back and so listen. So Bill Blankenship, you probably should go follow those those uh, yeah, shows. Yeah, listen, that's a that's a great It's pick. only on my list because of that guy. He got me to watch it. I'm, I'm shocked that you never saw this movie. It didn't do well in the theater. I'm telling you, I think it's a title of the, the movie. It, you know what? And that's, that's what a, throws that's people my off. Whole, it's when terrible you watch name. the first 15 minutes of the yeah. movie, you're like, is this just going to be a love story that's maybe it's a trick maybe it's a trick and then yeah. if, and then as soon as it's they not as they're as bonnie they and clyde that, i mean it's bonnie and clyde right as soon, I mean, as, oh my as, God. soon as the drexel scene happens you're like whoa, whoa. And, and my friend phil juano yeah so phil directed gary oldman in 1990s state of grace and they're they really good became really good friends yeah. so phil was on set when they were filming with Gary, when they were filming the Drexel scenes, Phil, you got to be so mad at Dana right now that yeah. I have this. So, so <laughs> Phil's going to be upset with me that I didn't that good. I didn't get this good. One. So maybe I'll get a little more cred. See, I, I just one inch at a time with me. I got to just keep moving up. You got it. All right, mm -hmm. uh, true romance, great pick. Let's. Who's in that movie? Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, Chris Penn. Bronson Pinchot. Oh, Balky, yeah, there he is. Balky again. In a great role. And, and I think one of the best roles he's ever been in. Brad Pitt, Michael Rappaport. I mean, the Michael list, Rappaport, baby. He's so good in it. The scene, the scene where he's auditioning for the new TJ Hooker. And he's just like, <laughs> he's right there. Shoot him. Shoot him. 
Get him. <laughs> She's and, like, and, he plays Dick. His name's Dick Ritchie. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Val Kilmer, you don't get to see him. No, but he gives some sound advice. He does. To Clarence. So he's he's playing Elvis, he's though. Playing Elvis. That's what's cool. Yeah. I think that's cool. Did you say the, Tom Sizemore? The Tom Sizemore, yeah. It is great. And, and Chris Penn. They're, yep. I mean, they're awesome in that movie. He makes it. Um, yeah. he He's, uh, you know, there's, there's another kind of yeah. twist at the end of this thing, too. Yeah. Listen, great movie. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Great. Everything about that movie cool. is phenomenal. It's really so. cool. And the other thing, you can edit this out if you want. The the one kind of, there's it's not really a song, but the one kind of theme. Like the melody. Use, the, the melody. The, the melody, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that brings in the, well, the haps, so, like things are going well. So you know who did that? That's cool. Okay, what so, is that? That's so cool. The, the composer is Hans Zimmer. And Hans Zimmer has come, gone on to become one of the greatest compo- film composers in history. He's done amazing work from everything from the Dark Knight to the N- Nolan movies. But see, True Romance really plays homage to a Terrence Malick film called Badlands that starred Sissy Spacek and uh, Martin Sheen. And if you watch the opening credits of Badlands, the Badlands, uh, the, the melody is is almost the same cool and yeah. so it's it that's very much i picked homage. up on that it's very cool it, it's awesome so i'm on to my number five pick and i think i'm gonna have to go heavy again really heavy 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 like weight i'm like going no weight? no oh. like just a serious <laughs> serious serious it, heavy it, film but this is tough because this takes mm. one of the top directors of all time off the board. Oh, boy, and, I know. And, and I know there were going. some decisions to make here. Right. Because there's a few, few of his movies from this decade that I could have taken. But I got to go with I got to go with the one that I think really profoundly changed me and my perception of war. Yeah. After watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's 1998 Saving Private Ryan. So that takes Spielberg off the board for me. So that means no Jurassic Park, no Schindler's List, no Lost World. There's a lot of Spielberg films in that one. But Saving Private Ryan, I remember seeing that opening night in 98 in the theater. And I'm sure I had the identical reaction to a lot of people. The opening 25 minutes of that film are so visceral and so intense that I almost got up and left the theater because I said I, I don't even know if I can handle this. Yeah, because if this keeps going, I'm like, yeah, because, I won't make it. Because the it was the first movie that ever made me truly understand the horrors of war. Mm-hmm. More than more than uh, Platoon, more than any other you know what I would say uh, contemporary war movie of the time, because it was just so intense and so real i mean the 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 scene when the the door opens on the higgins boat and the guys just get mowed down right away because you're not expecting that to happen because you know a lot of war movies you look at the old john wayne movies and you know the great escape and all these other you know there's heroes and but this movie this was just the reality of what world war ii was like and it was so it Mm -hmm. so forever changed my perception of you know the horrors of war that it profoundly changed me. So uh, I, I have to add this one to my list. So Saving Private Ryan, it's a movie that I will uh, revisit, you know, every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost a way of paying respect for, you know, for what what the men went through. Right. And my grandfather is a World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, he obviously uh, he fought in the he fought for the Canadians. Mm-hmm. But um you know, he wouldn't talk about his experiences over there. And after watching Saving Private Ryan, 
I now understand more than ever why it was something he didn't want to talk about. So it's important to me that I added sure. this one to the list. And that that uh, that beach scene, that's that's the beaches of Normandy, right? Yeah. That yeah was, so yeah. my uh, grandfather, God rest his soul, another William. So th- there's a theory of or a series of Williams here for me today. But my grandfather was on a uh, battleship uh, at just outside of that beach uh, when that was all going on. So I, I can't imagine. You know, that scene is very real. It's very realistic. When that came out, though, I was 1998. You know, I'm graduating. I'm trying to finish college and start a career. So I, you know, at this time, I'm not going to the movie. So obviously, I've heard, you know, we, everyone heard, you know, this movie was huge, huge movie at the time. And I went and watched it. I had to at, at some point. But I, it's not like I was waiting for that to come out just because I had so much stuff going on. But when I eventually watched it, it's just it'll blow your mind. It's a, it's a great, obviously, great movie. My boy, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean that's that that guy's Matt the Damon. best. I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tom Sizemore. See, yeah, you got it more than I do. I, I, I had to watch it because you had to because it was so good. But just came out at a time that's just and and there's another thing about Saving Private Ryan that made me up until that point the Academy Awards was was the gold standard for me on on how you understood how profound a movie was because I I religiously followed the sort of the rhetoric of the academy awards if a movie won best picture that was the best picture yeah, go of see the year. It. that Same, was that you you i used to go we, we would yeah. wait and see even the ones that were nominated i'd want to see them so having seen saving private ryan going in because the oscars are always held you know the, so the oscars in 99 were the awards for the films that came out in 98 so i'm watching the oscars and Obviously, the the front runner for best picture is going to be Saving Private Ryan. I mean, how could it not be? I've seen all the other movies, not saying they're bad movies, but how could it not be the best picture? And Spielberg wins best director, his second best director. He won uh, Schindler's List, won best picture and best director in 93. And and, uh, so Spielberg wins. You're like, okay, obviously, Saving Private Ryan is a shoe in It's definitely going to win best picture. So when Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan, I said, "How how is that even possible?" I mean, I've mm. seen I saw Shakespeare in Love in the theater. It was a decent film, but how is that even possible? And that was when I I learned the the hard truth, if you will, that Academy Awards can be bought. Now I don't mean that there was money exchanged, but I mean the asshole Harvey Weinstein went out of his way. What he would what he was doing was he would find the Academy voters and he would invite them to private screenings. Here, sit next to Gwyneth Paltrow or sit next to Ben Affleck, sit next to everyone. And so these voters would watch the movie with the stars of it. That kind of would influence votes. Yes. So he was able to (laughs) influence and create, you know, Academy Award campaigns and and change the game. And to the point where every movie post 98, that one best picture, I would say there would be an asterisk next to it, you know, and and again, that happened in 2005 when you had the five nominated films in 2005 were Good Night and Good Luck, Munich, Brokeback Mountain, Capote, and the winner was Crash, which I don't think is a great movie. I, I don't think it's a great movie at all. I think Capote and Munich are superior films. And then when Crash won, I was like, all right, well, this is another example of, you know. Him. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're on to your number six pick. All right. Cool. All right. So, number six, Cersei's back. 
I'm going to go with a movie now that, I don't know, I guess I got a lot of switches here. A lot of like, you know, I, the 90s for me is suspense and thrillers and action movies. And I guess there's a theme here with me. But I think that this movie is super cool. And some people might not even know that it exists. And I bet there's a lot of people that never even watched it. It's called The Game. Oh, interesting. With Michael Douglas. Yes. You ready for something? Sure, go. Never seen it. You're. I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it. It's just. I, it slipped see, through the cracks. I told you. Slipped right. through the cracks. But I'm familiar with it. So do you know any what happens or anything? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. from what I understand, it's a game. It's a game. Yeah. It's a game. And, and, and when the movie ends, you realize the whole thing was just a game. Yeah. That's- so Michael Douglas. I mean, awesome. This guy's what an actor. I don't want to say much about the the movie because it it uh, I I don't think I have to. I want to have people go. I haven't seen it. Maybe I should. So like I don't want to say anything about it. I except watch the game. I'm told it's a good movie. I think it's cool as all get out. Um, it's well done. Uh, you're 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 on the run with him. I again like the fugitive. I guess I don't know what's wrong with me today, but you. He he's on the run and you're running with him. Um, so and it flips back and forth. Maybe it's not a perfect movie. I'm sure if you go back, you know, you can whatever. But if you're just casually watching a movie at night, I will watch this at night because it is a little it's not scary, but it's suspenseful. And uh, you're running with him the whole time. Um, and uh, I don't want to say any more. It's awesome. All right. I don't want to say anything. The game. All right. Very good. Very good. This is tough. This is tough because I'm going to take I'm going to take a director off the board. And he's one of my all-time favorite directors. Spielberg's already off the board, so through process of elimination, you can figure it out. He had three movies come out in the 90s. I love all three of them. And you think the logical choice for me would be Terminator 2 Judgment Day. You would think so. But for this draft, I'm going to take 1994's True Lies. Because I am, of course, that is, in my opinion, not only is it an underrated James Cameron film, even though it was it was successful, it was a it was a blockbuster. I went to that one. Oh yeah, but it is arguably the last great Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Schwarzenegger never really follows uh, this up. He never really has another huge monster movie. So True Lies has it has the James Cameron spectacle, but it's also can be considered a comedy. I think it's hilarious. And oh, it's funny. The performances by Arnold, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Tom Arnold is Tom Arnold. He makes the movie. He does. Uh, but listen, the entire scene with the Harrier jet at the end of the film was worth the price of admission. But, oh yeah, 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 that's cool. So I, I had, and to that's go, real. That's real. Yeah. jet. Well, He's what, in it's it, right? a real jet. Now, how they did a lot of those scenes, they actually hung the jet off of a crane on top of that high rise in Miami. Cool. Like, yeah. If, if that's cool. If Cameron can do it in real life, he's going to do it in real life. Sure. And uh, so, so I had to put True Lies on my list. So True Lies is is so that takes uh, Terminator Two off the board. That also takes Titanic off the board for me. I can't, I can't pick Titanic. I wasn't picking that anyway. But uh, again, great. I mean, great cool movie, movie. Great movie. So True Lies. All right. So, so. I. I'm actually, again, I'm not educated enough with director, producer, and, you know, oh, I'm I'm shaking my head right now. I'm actually pissed off because so I looked at the game and I just said, well, maybe I'll look and just let's just see who directed that. Yes. You, do you know who the director is? Go ahead. Tell me. Do you know or no? I feel like I do. But well, I'm pissed now because now I'm looking at what this guy directed mm-hmm. and two of the other movies I wanted. Yep. I, so the guy's name 
It's David Fincher. Exactly. Golly. So, so what is that taken off the board? That is taken uh, Fight Club yep. and Seven off yes, the board for you. And nothing else that I was going to pick, but there's a bunch of other cool movies on here. I mean. Alien 3. Gone Girl. Um, well, that's 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 2000. So that's, oh, that's right. So 90s. All right. So, all right, so, so that's it a- then. Alien yeah. 3, Seven, The Game, and Fight Club. I mean, yeah, this guy's got a ton on here. I, I, obviously, I'm I, see, I'm the uh, non-expert here, but um, all right. Well, there it goes. There it goes. So I was saving my seventh pick for seven, and I just screwed myself. Yeah, cool. That's all, all right. right. That's all right. That was so. going to be a nice little uh, whatever. Okay. But you're on to your seventh pick. Yeah, and I already wrote seven down, so now I have to cross that off. Now I don't like that rule at all. But that's fine. Now it gives me something else, and I get credit for wanting seven. That's and right. And I don't get to pick it, so that, whatever. So anyway, um, my seventh pick, I'm going to have to go with something that I, I, I tie in a lot during my, my professional life because I'm in sales. And uh, I won't say any more until I want to see what Dana thinks about it, but I'm picking um, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Glengarry Glenn Ross. All right, so immediately I, who pops into my head? Alec Baldwin. Oh, there he is again. There he is again. Serious again. again. Serious. Uh, ser- He's serious. making me laugh, though. I'm laughing my... Serious, serious uh, Alec Baldwin. Uh-huh. That is... At the time, it was to be taken... The speech he gives, the motivation speech. So that, you know, he's I've here probably from seen Mitch, it a thousand he's, times. He's been sent here from Mitch and Marty from downtown. <laughs> and and he's, he's here to whip them into shape. Oh, and, yeah. And he... Li- he goes, you know what? Because I got a set of these. And he pulls out some brass yeah. balls. You know what it takes to sell real estate? Right brass balls and he says he says first place is new cadillac second place steak set of knives. steak knives third place you're, you're fired. fired um <laughs> what else i like yes. that movie but unfortunately for me that scene is where the movie peaks for me yeah, it does. and it never recaptures that that that's like that is the best scene and if you've never seen it there's a great saturday night live skit skit mm. where alec baldwin sort of reprises that but he's like the north up at the north pole and he's mm-hmm. trying to whip the elves into shape <laughs> yeah. he's been sent here from chris kringle <laughs> that's and, awesome uh yeah so glengarry Glen ross uh very, very good movie very serious film i'm just solely picking yeah. it based on that scene yeah you know coffees for closers yeah, yeah. jack Put lemon is, coffee down yeah i yeah. mean again here we have al pacino yeah. jack lemon great cast alan arkin and ed harris yep and nope. Jack Lemmon's trying to just get some just crappy coffee in the back of the room. And Alec Baldwin tells him, put the coffee down. Coffee's for closers. So like um, that, the ABC, A-I-D-A, A for attention, I for interest, D decision, and A for action. Like that whole scene, just I, I as a salesperson, if anyone's in sales, you've seen it, you've heard it a thousand times. That's the main reason why this movie's on my list. Good, Good choice. I like that. Good one. All right. So going back to my list here. Well. Knowing that we're going to have two of these two helps a little. Does help a little bit. Does help a little bit. So. All right. Well, it was only a matter of time before I picked a Coen Brothers film. So I I, I always go with I'm going to go with the one that I think I actually did a screening of the Big Lebowski last week and we went over part of my talk. We went through all the Coen Brothers films leading up to the Big Lebowski. So, you know. And I was asking, the question was asked, was posed to me, hey, Dana, if no one's ever, if somebody's never seen a Coen Brothers film, what would be the Coen Brothers film that you would use to sort of ease them into there? Because they're very unique filmmakers. In your face. And I said that I think the most easily digestible 
Coen Brothers films in the sense of the most straightforward narrative is my pick, 1996's Fargo, mm. um, which that's not to say I don't think is an amazing film. I think it's it's easily that's tough. I mean, it's top three Coen Brothers film. I, lo- I love I love Fargo. this pick by the way, and love and I saw I, and I again I saw this in the theater without really having understanding of who the the Coen Brothers were i had heard of the hut circle proxy i had heard of miller's crossing uh, i think i had seen raising arizona i had never seen blood simple their first film so fargo was sort of my first introduction to the coen brothers and what an introduction it is and if i told you that movie's only 90 minutes would you believe me it seems no. like a much longer long film. very long feels like but it's not thinking be- about it just thinking, thinking about, about it, it because every single scene is memorable sure and that's how you know it's a mark of a great movie. And I said this about RoboCop. RoboCop's only an that. hour and 38 minutes long, but you remember every, every scene. scene. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, it seems like a longer film. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I love about the Coen brothers, you know, having learned a lot about them over the years, is that nothing is by chance in their films. Everything, everything you see on screen is by design, and they do not let their actors improvise any scene. Everything is meticulous, right down to the accents that William H. Macy and Francis McDormand. There's there's not a scene where the director... Some movies, the director might say, all right, on this take, just do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Let's see where... That never happens with the Coen brothers. So... This is just a wonderful introduction to the them, and the characters are great. Steve Buscemi is fantastic. Everybody is just fantastic in the film. So take me through the first time you saw Fargo, and what'd you think of it? Well, for me, it, you know, it was it's heavy. You you said heavy earlier. This one's heavy for me. So but it's also really funny. It's funny. To, I mean, yeah. I mean, characters are. It's the characters and the conversation and the story the ending obviously i remember quite often um just like make maybe cracking a joke about a wood chipper yeah um awesome movie i mean great pick i have it on here it's just an awesome movie i mean that's a great pick i love that pick absolutely it's on my board and here's an interesting thing about fargo one very rewatch rewatchable film sure number two Ten years ago, when FX announced that they were going to do a television series called Fargo, how was that? I was the guy yeah. screaming at the You're top like, of my no lungs. No way! What are they Don't doing? Terrible! Do it! Oh. Don't do it! I could not have been more wrong. Cool. Good. Fargo. There's four seasons now, and I will openly admit that I have not watched the fourth season yet because I intend to do a binge of that. But the first three seasons of Fargo, they are all set at different time periods, but they are all set in the same universe of the movie. Oh, and nice. The first season has Billy Bob Thornton as sort of the bad guy, and it is amazing. I'm in. So you, I strongly, I strongly recommend the Fargo TV series. I and love I didn't that. think Thank I you. would. And now I'll admit when I'm wrong. Sure. And I was wrong. So definitely check out and, the Fargo TV series. The actress, she was phenomenal. Frances McDormand. Yeah. Phenomenal. She's, a, she's an, an awesome actress. She's an American anyway, treasure. She's great. <laughs> Just won the Academy Award again. <laughs> she did. Yeah, for No Man Land. Just, she's awesome. Yeah, she's, oh my gosh. she's incredible. It's great. You're on to your number eight pick. Okay. Well then, now we're now I'm struggling a little bit here. Yeah. Well, and now I also I'm glad I just mentioned this to Dana um, that I'm glad we have maybe a part two. We will this. have a part yeah. two. All right, because just, just like we many. will with the eighties. Just too many. I, I have to I have to pick something that my wife. Uh, it's my wife's one of her favorite movies of all time. And if you know my wife, she loves sports. Okay. She's okay. she's she's pretty much you know. She's obviously my best friend, but she's also like, she's like a guy. I mean, she's 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 a she's a girl that hangs out with the guys. 
I, I want some hints on this because yeah. there's some definitive okay. sports movies from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And my wife loves football. We watch football. She never played sports, though. Okay. Like, she's not athletic, like, sports-wise. Ha- having known your wife for yeah, you 10 know, years, you know 10 Mel. years, she, you know she knows her stuff when it comes no, to sports. No, she's very intelligent with sports. She's She plays poker. Okay. She can yeah. play on her own. She used to go to the dog track on her own to play poker. She knows her stuff. She does fantasy football. She has, she, she knows, you know, she's separate on that. But she never played, but she's just like us. She, she loves sports. So, anyway, her favorite movie... I did not pick this when we had our top sports movie, so it's not on my list. Okay. But I'm going to say that you picked it. Okay. Well, then I already know which film yeah. it is. Rudy. It's Rudy. Yeah. It's, it's Rudy. Rudy. It's Rudy. My and I love that Rudy was my too. number one pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So I don't feel bad that I didn't get it. But um, and I probably referenced that when you picked it. That uh, I probably try to get credit because you already took it. So. Um, Anyway, that we could talk about this, and you obviously could say more than I can. And it's cool. Some of the guys you had already mentioned the two actors earlier in your first pick, Vince Vaughn and uh, John, and John Favreau. Favreau, are both yeah. in this film. I, I played sports. I played baseball. I didn't play football. But again, the chills at the end yeah, still gets me. Chills. I'm getting chills just saying the word chills. I love the end of this movie. It's so awesome. When uh, it's great, I I will openly admit to tearing up. Sure. Watching that movie. I could cry. Every, I could make myself cry last, thinking about it if I wanted last to. 15 minutes of that movie, oh. 100% of the time. Oh, it's uh, oh. And when he gets the sack, yes. you're just like, like oh. And yes. if you the, think about it, you awesome. think about it, it's just because, and it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's almost meaningless because it was a game that they. It he, was meaningless. But the he tackle's had, meaningless. But he had to be in one play to go down in, uh, as being a part of that team. Sure. And, what a story. And it's just, and it's, and I met the real Rudy. Oh, cool. I met the real Daniel Rudiker. Really? And, uh, and he's, he's a little guy. He is, right. He's, he's shorter than he's me. He's exactly I'm five, what the I'm movie. I'm 5'7", and mm-hmm. he's shorter than me. Just, uh, I think he's in his 70s now, but he, when I met, I met him about four, four or five years ago yeah. and, uh, had a chance to talk with him for a few minutes. Terrific guy. Cool. Just a really, really nice guy. And it was, if you watch the movie, the next time you watch the movie, when you see his parents in the stand, uh-huh. there's a guy standing behind his parents with a, with a knit cap on. That's, that's the real, him. That's the real Rudy. That's cool. Good, so, good tip right there. So he was, Great tip. Yeah, he was the now I'm going to go watch him. Watch. Excellent movie. Phenomenal musical score in that uh-huh. movie. The uh-huh. music is amazing in that film. Uh, yeah, just just a just a great movie. My mood just changed because yep. I'm just thinking of the yep. movie, just Rudy. A, just it's a great so movie. Good. Great job. It. Great job. Thanks. All right. So I'm on to my number eight pick. Well done, Mel. I have to give Mel credit. Well done, Mel. Love you, girl. There are a lot of movies out there about the teen experience. Okay. Oh. about the about you know but there was one movie for me that so represented what was like when i was a senior in high school now to understand this living in tennessee you know again this is before cell phones before really before the internet before a lot of different things there was one movie that really spoke to me and said yep that's exactly what my high school experience was like and that is going to be Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. directed by Richard Linkletter. What do you say about Dazed and Confused? Except that it's an authentic look at the high school experience told over one night with a variety of ca- uh, with a with an interesting cast of characters. You've got a very you've got an unknown Ben Affleck. You've got <laughs> you've got the world being introduced to Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, what's he say? What's his famous line? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> It just it's just a phenomenal movie. But here's the, here's one other thing I always like to say about Dazed and Confused is I fell in love with the soundtrack to Dazed and Confused. 
and that movie introduced me to the the classic rock of the 1970s and made me a huge fan and they released two soundtracks there was the dazed and confused soundtrack and then there was more dazed and confused soundtrack and i well in high school that that soundtrack was playing constantly in my vehicle and they made me just a huge fan of a lot of the bands that are featured in that and i just think it's a really really fun movie even though the movie takes place in 1976 and i'm talking about a period for me in like 92 93 94 which is honestly not that far removed from 96 less than 20 years the fashion may have changed but nothing else had changed we hadn't hit that technology bubble yet mm-hmm. so i just love the film and I, i'll rewatch it every couple of years and just love it tell me about dazing fuse what do you think um again probably came out at a time when i was just busy D- didn't see it at the theater and again, word of mouth, you know, back in the day, word of mouth sold movies, right? Mm-hmm. So then you just hear stuff. I don't know. I don't have too much to say, but uh, tons of friends that like that's one of their favorite movies, yeah. right? Um, hilarious. Great movie. Just I don't have a big connection to it. Okay. Yeah, I don't. All right. All yeah. right. Perfect. All right. So we're on to your number nine. So one of the, so I only have two picks left and knowing that we're probably going to do this again in the nineties, I don't feel bad missing a couple, but. One, I'm gonna have to one. One of these, I'm gonna have to go with a giant performance, and I'm just struggling which performance because some of these actors are just ridiculous. And I, I, I'm gonna have to just go with my gut. So last night, I my friends kept pushing me. So again, I, last night I hung out with my or me and my wife, good friends, Rob and Lauren Maine, and you know the kids hung out. And we hung out. And we had some cocktails, had some laughs, and hello, Rob Maine. So Rob, I'm just saying hello, Rob Maine. Rob Maine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's got another good nickname, too. My buddy calls him Lomain, Rob Lomain. Lomain. Yeah, Lomain, right? So anyway, we're hanging out, and they just keep pushing me. What's your number one pick? What's your number one pick? I go, all my notes are at home. I've already had 10 seltzers at that point, and I had sipped on some bourbon, smoking a cigar. I'm like, I don't know, man. Get off my back. And now I'm looking back, and the one I told him, I still haven't picked. So I'm like, oh, crap. I better pick this thing, because I told him it was going to be my first pick. So these movies just build and build and build. And uh, obviously, that's part of the whole thing is just you're you're waiting for this. But sometimes you don't know when it's going to hit or if there's going to be this giant scene. But this one has it. A lot of them do. It's A Few Good Men. Okay. A Few Good Men. Yes. All right. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, mm, oh yeah. Demi, Demi Moore, Moore, Kevin Pollack. How about your boy Bacon? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It, the scene obviously is with Jack at the end. Yeah. When, you know, Tom, and again, Tom Cruise, man, this, what an actor this guy is. I don't have to get into the, how good he is and how impactful he is because he's probably on almost all my movie picks. That scene, if you haven't seen it, he, he goes there. To get Jack to to commit, you know, to what he wanted him to say, but it's legal. I you've had some, you know, you're one guy with the. How's he? What does he say about this movie? Oh, he, he thinks, talked about he, it. He thinks it's he thinks it's tremendous. He does. Yeah, but I'm going to say this. Okay, directed by Rob Reiner. Now you're lucky because you know a lot of Rob Rob Reiner films, you know, are, are 80s in the sense of uh, Stand by Me, The Princess Bride, uh, When Harry Met Sally, Misery was 1990. It is. All right, so that one's off the board for you. Hey, how about our rule? So can I, in in round two, can we get free reign on directors again? We'll or discuss. No? We can discuss that. To be determined. Yes, all to right, I like that. All right, we'll to see. To be determined. Right, go ahead. You know, this is a great Rob Reiner film, but a lot of the credit also has to go to the screenwriter, Aaron Sorkin. Now, where Aaron Sorkin got the uh, inspiration for this film was that his sister 
was serving. Uh, she had just gotten through law school and she had joined the Navy's JAG Advocate Corps. Mm-hmm. So she was JAG. She was a JAG. Yeah. And there were 10 Marines uh, that were being charged with a code red. And who she, ordered the code and, red? And, and the thing is this, mm-hmm. like she called Aaron and said, I don't understand why they're assigning me to defend them. I'm right out of law school. This seems to be a much more serious thing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of figured out that the reason they were doing this is because they wanted this kind of swept under the rug and they figured that she would just plea bargain it out. And he kind of took that story and ran with this. So wow. this is at the, in the most loosest way inspired by a real event. Wow. But that being said, the performances are unbelievable. For real. Come film. on. It, probably better than it gets credit. I mean, I think it obviously did well. I mean, it's I mean, become on, it's big. become kind of a joke, like the you can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, bad. They put that in the trailer. Would have been so much better to leave that sure. part out of the trailer. But it's what Nicholson says after you can't handle the mm-hmm. truth that is just so yeah, unbelievable dude, that scene come on man. that monologue because it's just it's great film. great pick good Thanks. good a few good men so good so good all right so i'm on to my number nine pick let's welcome let's yeah. welcome sylvester stallone to the conversation hey yo sly all right so Rocky. i'm gonna go okay. with i would say somewhat overlooked action film directed by rennie harlan Mm-hmm. So, Rennie Harlan uh, directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 in 88. Then he did uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice yes, Clay. Yes, I uh, love it. He did Die Hard 2. But the movie I'm going to go with is Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Cliffhanger. Good opening scene. Great opening scene. Awesome. No, but then the midair heist between the two planes. I mean, just incredible. This was kind of the movie that brought Stallone back because he's had sort of these ups and downs. Yeah, he's up had some dips. And, and this is he had done Stop and My Mom Will Shoot. He had done an Oscar. He'd done a couple of really not great movies. Sure. And everyone was kind of like Stallone's oh. finish. He had done Rocky Five, which wasn't well received. And then he comes back strong with Cliffhanger, oh. which I think is just a tremendous action movie. I think it's often overlooked. And John Lithgow plays an incredible bad guy. So I wanted to put Cliffhanger on my list. Cool. Number nine. What do you think of Cliffhanger? I think I already said what I yeah. probably... <laughs> the opening scene, which which is such an iconic scene yes, that it gets awesome. parodied in yeah, the second Ace right. Ventura movie with yeah. the raccoon. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much just because, uh, I mean, you're, you're the expert here. Um, great action movie, yep. and it brought him back. It brought him back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Great pick. All right, so you're uh, we're, we're on to your last, your last uh, pick. I I don't want to just keep saying thank goodness we have a part two to this. I mean, I'm I'm beating a dead horse there, but um, so I I watched some movies prepping for this that I hadn't seen in a while, and this movie is so good that. Uh, Another suspense movie that uh, I just uh, I can't move on. I, and I have a million movies that I want to pick, and I just can't do it. So um, I'm going to pick uh, Cape Fear. Oh, Cape yeah, Fear. I'm going to go with Cape Fear. Now, that's interesting because that takes Martin Scorsese off your board. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm going to... No, no casino? Uh, no Goodfellas? No. That's interesting. Cape Fear. Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte introduces the world to Juliette Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it, does. it did, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, w- I wish I had more to say on the film, but yeah, sure. I realistically have not seen that film in 25 years. So when I rewatched it, this movie goes out there. 
right? And I don't know how people would feel comfortable with some of the scenes, okay? Uncomfortable in some parts, and I remember that. <laughs> sure. De Niro, I mean, again, I, what, what are you going to say? De Niro's character is unbelievable, and he's... But I... So I watched it, and I had to, you know, push pause because I got stuck doing something. And then when I hit... When we watched the second half of it, my parents are in town just hanging out with us, and me and my mom watch it. And we were hooked. Even and my mom's not. This isn't like something that my mom's like. Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch the suspenseful, like you know, thriller. And she, we were glued. We watched the whole thing, the whole end. Um, I don't know what else to say except if you haven't seen it, you want to see it. And and one other thing that's cool, it is a remake. So there's a Cape Fear from back in the day, correct? Which is excellent. And, and the two original actors are also in this, Correct. which is cool again, that yeah. you, they brought legends or icons back, and that's Scorsese at his best. The other thing, as me is not the expert in movies, what's really cool is Scorsese, man, this guy. So he will change the film the way it looks, from black and white, and like then it goes to like a heat kind of index thing, like the angles that he takes and highlighting things. Uh, there's one scene with De Niro where I think he ju- it just goes black and white. Right. In the middle of the movie. So just very cool the way he filmed it. The ending, again, is very suspenseful. Nick Nolte is at his best in this. Jessica Lange. I mean, all of them. So there's not a ton of people in it um, because it's all about the scenario between the lawyer. Lawyer. Um, Counselor. But, oh, that's right. Counselor. Uh, what, what a character. But anyway. Yeah. Two things. Two things about Cape Fear that I do recall. One, uh, the scene with Robert De Niro when they're in the movie theater as as everyone can imagine, gives me the worst anxiety watching that. Uh, that always reminds me of, uh, just to tell the story real quick, because uh, he's smoking the cigar in, in the movie theater. I'm always reminded of the, of the time that, don't ask me why I saw Super Troopers 2 in the theater, but I'm one. I'm the guy who oh, saw it in, in Super Troopers in the theater. Um, I, get, I went into the theater, and I was the only person in the theater, and I was wearing a black T-shirt, and I'm sitting way up in the back of the theater, right? Just minding my business. There's mm-hmm. no one in there. And then a couple kids come in, a couple teenagers come in, and they don't see me. They don't know I'm there. So they think they've got the place to themselves. And they are got their arms all uh, you know, up on the, on the chairs, and they're, they're laughing, being loud, and then one guy lights up a joint. And just starts puffing <laughs> it in the air. And I immediately thought of Cape Fear. Yes. And and I didn't give a shit that they were smoking pot. Like, right. I don't give a shit about no, that. Right. But they were being annoying. Oh. And so finally, I just went, hey, you guys need to keep it down. And I, I spooked them. They didn't know. They didn't know I was there. Well, and they're high. And, and they're high. And there's there's plumes of, of fucking pot smoke up. And, you know, Jesus. you could see the light from it. the projector, right? Uh-huh. So they, they hightail it out of the theater. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I got the theater to myself. Yeah. Two minutes later, in walks the manager and a couple of employees. Yeah, they think you're smoking. And that's fucking, the place smells like yeah, weed. Jesus. And they look at me and they're like, come here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, of course, the Simpsons famously lampooned Cape Fear with the their Ooh. character of Sideshow Bob. When he's he's working out in prison, he's got the tattoos on his back. Yeah. It's, it's de- yeah, it's definitely worth watching. So, so good choice. Good choice. All right. So I am on to my last pick, my number 10 pick. And I got a lot to think about here. There's a few directors on here that there's a couple movies I really want to do. I want to close out. I want to close out with a movie that I lied when I said I saw every one of these in the theater. This one I did not see in the theater. You liar. I I, I, I thought everything on my list, but I didn't. I'm going to go with Clerks. Uh, 
I got to go with yeah. Clerks. Yeah, I figured. I got to go I thought, with Clerks. I thought you'd be. I got to go with that one. And that takes Chasing Amy off the board as far as 90s Kevin Smith films. But, and Clerks is not by, by no means a perfect movie. It was made for $27,000. But what's <laughs> no perfect way. about it is the dialogue, mm-hmm. is the is the honesty in which the conversations in which these the, the, the individuals have. The conversations between Dante and Randall, the conversations between Dante and his girlfriend. I mean, ev- everything is just so incredibly authentic. And you can understand why this movie was the darling at Sundance when it, when it came out. I mean, people were like, wait, w- we've never seen this kind of honest dialogue. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Smith follows the the follows clerks up with mall rats which people like i'm not a fan of uh because it was he went for zany wackiness with really crude dialogue and i missed the honest dialogue of clerks but then he and you know he 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 follows mall rat he follows mall rats up with chasing amy which again i think is filled with some really honest dialogue so i like kevin smith when he when he does honest you know, sincere dialogue. Mm-hmm. So clerks, I, I can't do a nineties movie without, without clerks on sure. there. Yeah. So that's going to round up my list. So just to recap my 10 picks the, for the 2021 nineties movie draft. Number one is heat. Number two, excuse me. Number one is swingers. Number one is heat. Yes. Two first round picks. Then I do it with sling blade speed, the hunt for red October, saving private Ryan, true lies, Fargo dazed and confused, cliffhanger and clerks yes do you still have one more pick we're we're saying no yeah because i went two to ten yep okay so no so what was your what was your 10th pick cape fear cape fear and bill's picks tonight were on the 2021 90s movie draft were were tombstone the usual suspects the fugitive one that really pains me true romance especially since you had never heard of it i'm like yeah "Ah!" oh yeah the game glenn gary glenn ross rudy a Few Good Men, and Cape Fear. Got it. Now, I put it out on social media. Saw that. So let's uh, let's take a look at what a few of our listeners out there had to say. Let me just pull it up here. Groups here. So I said, this Sunday, Bill and I are recording our next movie draft. It, this time, it's 90s movies. What films would make your top 10 list? A great friend of the show, Ryan Copeland. He said, Jurassic Park, The Matrix, Pulp Fiction, T2, Slacker, Unforgiven, Leon the, the Professional, yeah, good. Titanic, Shawshank, and Schindler's List. None of these I made know. any of our Isn't list. That crazy, I know it's hard. And 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 what's interesting is Jurassic Park, love it. Matrix, I, I love everything on here. Um, Slacker, which I believe is Richard Linklater. He did day, this film before Days and Confused. I've actually never seen Unforgiven. I've only seen the one time. The Professional, that's a badass movie, awesome. man. That is a badass movie. And that movie. guy ended up being in Ronin, which yep. is one of my favorite. And I already picked it yep. action. That's why I didn't pick it. Uh, he said, bonus movie would be Twister. It's so ridiculous, yet so endearing. And Bill Paxton is the man. Can't argue with that. Uh, let's see. Ashley Vasquez. Hi, Ashley. I hope you're listening. Uh, hey, good, Ashley. Good friend of hey, mine. Hey, it's Bill. Nice to meet you. Haven't, haven't talked to her in a while. Good friend of mine. She put Fear. Oh, oh Fear. Fear. Yeah, with, yes. uh, with uh, But Mark I have the Wahlberg. director. Who, I looked. I was looking up directors. I think one of my directors. I maybe. can't remember who directed Fear, but that's the one it's, where uh, Marky Mark. Yes. He's like, he's like obsessed. He's like, open the door, Mr. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, she put The Sandlot. 
Saw that. Surprised that didn't make the list, your list. I'll tell you why after you're done. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, RIP to the, lo- to the RIP to my love of all time, Heath Ledger. Selena, that's a good one. That's a good movie. Sure. Yeah, I saw that. Sling Blade, okay. My Best Friend's Wedding, oh, Fear and good. Loathing in Las Vegas. I can't watch that movie. I've tried numerous times. I, I can't. I haven't finished Some it. people love that film. Obviously, Ashley does, and I think that's great, but... That movie just it gives me anxiety when I watch the film. I, I have such a tra- challenge with it. Never Been Kissed. I actually saw that in the theater. Drew Barrymore and Luke Wilson, if I remember. Yeah, I believe is in that one. Um, Men in Black, 97. Nice. Yeah, good movie. Good yeah. movie. Let's see. Peter Schuller put uh, purely from my own nostalgic experience as a 13-year-old in 1991, I'll nominate what stood out for me in recollective order, what was often replayed in our old VHS. Well, Peter and I are the same age because I was 13 in, in 91. He put Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yep. Hard Target. There Van you go. Damme. That's it sounds John, like your list. John Woo movie. Love Hard Target. That is... Um, that is uh, Great, two great things about that movie is Van Damme's got the best mullet you'll ever seen in your life, and Wilford Brindley has a Cajun accent throughout the entire film. It's tremendous, <laughs> tremendous movie. Point Break, which is next week's Love it. my dinner in a movie. Next week is Point Break. I know I can't even get a seat into that thing. That one that sold one, out. That one sold out on word of mouth only. Here's an interesting pick. I only saw this movie one time. But it's uh, Unlawful Entry. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Ray Liotta, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Ray and Liotta it, plays the it, police officer. Like, like, okay, Speed, 94. There you go. Grand Canyon, which I've never seen. No I, idea. I'm a little They're, familiar with it, never seen. No. Falling Down. Love it. Like it. Michael Douglas. I love the yeah. old uh, Meltdown movie. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, just yeah. full Meltdown. You know, we did there's last, been a couple. Yeah, last year Russell Crowe was in one uh, unhinged. Holy crap! That was even worse meltdown. I haven't seen unhinged. Oh my lord! Full meltdown. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Saw that twice in the theater. Oh, you know what? Here's one that I probably could have put on my list. Uh, Wayne's World. I I, I saw your re- the tweets like a lot of the replies yeah. that came up a lot came up a lot. Uh, Amer- a lot. American Beauty. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. It's your I boy. Kev Beasley put Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's I mean that's yeah that's, that's a sport great. that that's a sports yep. consideration. Adam's Family Values. Uh, I'll admit to I've never seen. I, yeah, I think I saw, I saw the first Adam's Family Family movie. Yeah. Terminator Two. Um, here's a great one. Here's a great movie that I didn't really enjoy the first time I saw it in the theater, but in subsequent reviewings I've really enjoyed, and that's Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. I think that's a fantastic Funny. film. I think it's a little more serious. It's more of a drama than it is a comedy in some aspects, but I think uh, Eddie Murphy's tremendous. Uh, the Matrix, Dumb and Dumber, Men in Black, Blade. There we go. Blade, Blade yeah, sure. Blade. I've heard that. That came up. Uh, Rocky Five. Rocky. Yeah, 1990. I like Yo, Rocky, Rocky. He said, I know, but it's still Rocky. Uh, let's see. And then Kristen Miller, she just wrote, did you know I have an original Fight Club script? Easily one of my favorites. Wow. Yes, Kristen, I do know that because you showed it to me. And wow, cool. I've actually thumbed through it. It's pretty Very awesome. Cool. Uh, let's head over to the Twitter machine real quick here. Now, let me just get here because I just posted a generic picture of uh, 1980s films. 
uh, or 90, excuse me, 19. Oh, I saw the pic. Yeah, 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 I saw that. So on this picture, it's uh, got Fight Club, Titanic, Jurassic Park, uh, Shawshank Redemption, Goodfellas, Forrest Gump, The Truman Show, Terminator 2, The Matrix, and Pulp Fiction. And I just put it up there as a like 90s. I saw. 90s yeah. one. Just to get the topic going yeah, and, and the I conversation. Said, I said, which films would make your top 10 list? And I think some people thought I meant which films in this picture. Right, right, I know. Uh, because to go down to the list, let's see. Uh, first one, uh, listening is teaching. I don't know. That's what their Twitter would. They put hackers, hackers, coneheads, the net, enemy of the state, major league. Major league was 89, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's 90s. Hot shots, tombstone, uh, days to confused, Ronin, and the Matrix. There we go. Uh, you know what? Matrix. Uh, and then Patrick, uh, forgive me for not pronouncing this. Uh, it looks like it's Zach, Zaxon, Patrick Zaxon. He put top 10, none of them, referring to the picture. <laughs> the year, I was like, yeah. then I, I went ahead and liked that. I, I like, like that. I, 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 I like was that. Like, I was like, uh, well, I, I guess I should have been so uh, a little bit more <laughs> specific. Uh, the, the person with the Twitter handle Disc Dish put train pulling into the station. What is, oh, I, I thought you meant 1890s. I know. I, that's over my head. Uh, Steve Whitcomb put Wayne's World is a strong number two. Yeah, see, okay. uh, songs gone wrong. Uh, put Dumb and Dumber, and after that, I think I'd have to. Uh, he said, "Okay, Dumb and Dumber," and after that, I'd really have to think. But you had me at '90s movies. Two busted flippers. These are great Twitter handles, by the Strong. way. Strong. Uh, in alphabetical order, put American Movie, The Big Lebowski, Boogie Nights, Dead Man, Get Shorty, Goodfellows, Gummo, Gummo. <laughs> Uh, God damn. I'm just going to say. Gummo. Let me tell you something. Uh, I saw Gummo. No. I saw it. I'm telling you right now. I fucking saw that movie and I still to this day can't get some of that imagery out of my head. I don't even want to even look it up. Okay, so Gummo was directed by Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne famously wrote the script to Larry Clark's movie Kids. That came out, which is another I don't ever want to see no. again movie. Um, Gummo is rough. I mean, no, listen, thanks. I'm glad that I'm glad that the you know Good, the, well, this yeah. made the, made the top ten. I'll pass. That's a that's a rough rough movie for me. That's a hard watch. Um, <laughs> then they finished up with Pulp Fiction, The Shawshank Redemption, and Slacker. Uh, so Slacker um, again. Evan Starkman put anything by the Coen Brothers that decade. Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, Fargo. Le- Big Lebowski, maybe not the Hutsucker proxy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bruce G. put, it's hard to remove any from your list. Oh, but it's that's not my list. I just want to reiterate. They that think wasn't, that's your list. That's not my it's list. It's just a generic that's, picture of a generic 90s picture movies. Of popular 90s yeah. movies. Um, but this Bruce put, Boys in the Hood, fucking powerful yeah, movie. Great, great movie. Cool. Uh, Ice Cube, amazing in that movie. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, amazing in that movie. Uh, fucking great movie. Dazed and Confused, Heat. There we there go. go. L.A. Confidential, great movie. movie. Saving Private Ryan, Scream. You know, we didn't put any horror movies on there. I know. I Scream. have it written down here. Scream changed the game. Horror was dead. Yeah, it was absolutely it. dead. It started it again. Uh, seven, The Sixth Sense. Uh, one that I was close to picking, Starship Troopers. Almost put that on there <sighs> because I love that film. Toy Story 2 and another Wayne's World. Wow. Um, and then Alan Smithy put... Uh, Make sure there's some John Singleton on there. Now, John Singleton boy, he directed Boys in the Hood, followed that up with Poetic Justice, then Higher Learning. Those are all great movies. Boys in the Hood, I think, is the, the best of the three, mm-hmm. and that's actually his first film. 
talk about coming out of the gate strong. Yeah. Fuck, that's a good movie. Corey Oman put Talented Mr. Ripley. That's eh, a good one. Mm-hmm. Jude Law, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt cool. Damon. Good for yeah. him. Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption. Hey, look, Double Jeopardy. We were talking there you about go. that. We were talking about that before yeah. we were recording. Double Jeopardy. Under Siege, greatest Steven Seagal That's film ever. That's his best ever. one. That's Hand, his best hands one. down, Nine his best close. movie. Yeah, yeah, because it's directed by Andrew Davis, the director of The Fugitive, and it has Tommy Lee Jones as the bad guy. And Gary Busey. There you go. It's it's awesome. That's why. Uh, the Matrix, True Romance. Boom. Goodfellas and Goodwill Hunting. All right. So thank you, everybody. And I, I just and I want to reiterate the photo that I placed on this Twitter one was not. In fact, not one of these movies made my draft. No, I, so, I don't even, do I have one on there? No. No. Okay. No. All right. Good. No, no, not to say these aren't all no, fantastic movies. Are. They are. They are great. So, all right, Bill, any, any, uh, we, we want to hold the honorable mentions because we're going to do this again. But is there any couple, was there, can you mention a couple that were close to making your list? Sure. I, sure. Of course. Well, one was seven that I just yeah. totally just, you know, C blocked myself there. So, well, I, I'm going to just say, because uh, I'm going to reserve a lot of these um, for the next uh, 90s draft. But um, m- my internal rule is that I can't pick a movie I've already picked from a previous draft. And that's right. just my own rule. So I'm I'm going to just say those. Okay. Because then I don't have to give up uh, potential picks for the next one. And I can also maybe get some cred for movies that okay. people are like, why the hell didn't he pick that? So I've already picked Big Lebowski. Somehow I snuck that, I think, in a sports draft because they bowling. bowl. So yeah, yeah, I totally threw that one in just so I could get Big Lebowski because I love that movie. I've also picked Ronin under action That's right. uh, movies. So yeah. I didn't pick that. I, Starship Troopers is another one I've already picked. Yep. Um, Twister I've picked. Swingers I've picked. Uh, the Edge um, is a 90s movie yep. that I picked in my action movie. So those are just the movies that I starred. Um, one thing I do want to say is that uh, maybe next time when we have time, I want to have a uh, me and you can make our own top 10 of like um, movie theater snacks and candies to see uh, what our top 10 is on just kind of snacks at the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that'd be kind of fun. If we In my entire life. Yes. Here's what I can I can name on one count on one hand what I've had in a movie theater. Well, let's talk about it All now. Right. Why not? You look, what, look what, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I'm a simple guy, okay? You are. I, I mean, you're wearing the same thing. I think you know. I'm a black V-neck shirt. Yeah, I like it. I, go. I, mean, that's I have forty of them. <laughs> Legitimately, not one, but forty. 40 and they're all them. they're all in there. Yeah, I, I wear black V-necks. That's fine. Uh, you know what? I have coffee every morning. Well, you look good. I mean, it, it you. extenuates your face. I mean, you, just, well, well, you got face you. for podcasts. So actually. I'm I'm pretty pretty simple. Pretty simple guy. <laughs> I like the simple things. All right. I like coffee in the morning. Sure. I like to watch a little YouTube. Maybe last week tonight on Monday mornings. Between two ferns, maybe? Between two ferns. Okay, right. When I go to the movies, I always get the same thing. Okay. Medium popcorn, small soda. Always get the same thing. Now, in, I, I used to deviate a little bit from that. Wow. I would get the nachos every once in a while. Nachos. Get the nachos. Occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Get a box of peanut M&Ms. Whoa. Occasionally. What if it was a bag, the bigger one? But that's the thing. That's the thing. I was always disappointed with the... Look, I understand you pay a lot of money for concessions. Yeah, I don't theater. care. It's, it's, I part don't of, care. it's part of yeah. the experience. Part yeah, of the yeah, experience. Yeah. But I always feel like when it comes to popcorn, you get a medium, you get a large, you get a, you get a lot of popcorn. Yeah. You get a lot. Plenty. I've always felt with the candy selection, the portions, too small. Well, when it's in the box, there's a the little box. bag in there's there. There's a little bag yeah, inside. Yeah, that yeah. Way, yeah. That's a just yeah. a- absolutely. ripped your heart absolutely. out there. I've never had Twizzlers. Never? I've, I've never had a slushy, a Slurpee. No, I don't think that goes with movie. I've never had a movie theater hot dog. 
That's uh, a pass. And, I'll pass. And now, now the Regal here has got some artisan, you know, flatbread oh, yeah. sandwiches oh, everything. and shit. You could get, yeah. No, I'm not Pretzels in. I'm not in. So no. I can't even do a top 10 list. Okay. So, well, maybe, yeah, I mean. Maybe I've had some Reese's Pieces. Okay. Maybe. E.T. E.T. Yeah, maybe. So, um, well, one thing, how, how cool is it when you're eating peanut M&M's? And I know this is what I do when I eat peanut M&M's. I'm hoping that I can find one without a peanut. And then it's all chocolate. So my whole goal. Why don't you just get the regular M&M's? No, 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 no. Because they're too small. And I love the one. Why can't they make jumbo M&M's? They could. They probably do. I'm sure they do. But no, but I want peanut M&M's. Like that's definitely a go-to for me. But when you find a one without it, dude, I'm pumped. Um, So anyway, that's one thing. And then two, I don't have a lot of go-tos either. So Twizzlers, 100%. I'm all in. Red, plain Twizzlers. Not cherry. Not that bullshit cherry. Regular Twizzlers, which is strawberry, which is not really strawberry, but it's strawberry. Yeah. So regular Twizzlers, and I will crush some sweet tarts. Straight yeah, up see? sugar, crushing it. So those are two go-tos. Popcorn, uh, like who's going to walk? You can sneak in with Twizzlers or sweet mm-hmm. tarts, right? I can put them in my pocket. Popcorn, you're not walking in with fresh popcorn, no. right? So that's no. why it's an easy go-to. I don't care. So I'll get a soda and popcorn um, like nobody's business. But sweet tarts. Twizzlers definitely go to peanut M&M's. Um, I don't know. I don't really connect that with the movie theater. I will tell you this once. I know I've been in a few times when you kind of do the pre-drink prior to going in. See, that's not me at all. Yeah, that stinks though. You, when you're a kid, you think, oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to have a couple cocktails. It's, it's like the worst. No, it's like automatic headache. I hate it. it it's like this. Oh, yeah. It's now, awful. now, even with theaters that all the theaters serve alcohol. Yeah, now, you can get beers, wine. But I don't. I, hate it. I don't never, like it either. I've never been a drinker when it comes to the movies. Yeah. Because I, I feel like it influences or distorts my viewing of the film. I agree. Now, now, the exception to that was I went to a movie theater in Pensacola, Florida 20 years ago where you sat at round tables and they had cocktail service. And they would show older yeah, movies. Yeah, like the Cinema Draft House. And yeah. you already know what's happening. Movies you've already yeah, seen. And, and, that's just... more, and people are just talking yeah, and the movie's yeah, yeah. on. Right. I can handle I that. Agree. But like, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I can't do a beer. A beer's going to make me go to the bathroom three times during the movie. Sure. You know, I can't do that. No, so. I agree. So anyway. So I anyway. I just wanted to curious. Anyway, but listen, I'm excited to go back to the movies. Let's you know? go, man. And how, how disappointed am I that Top Gun has been pushed to like Where November, is it at December? Fall? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Come on, Maverick. I'm like, what are we doing? How do, hey, and that Top Gun, by the way, Dana hosted a dinner and movie, a private one for yes, us. Yes. In uh, my old neighborhood. It was all my old friends, and we did Top Gun. Great job, Dana. That Thank was you. so much fun. And I did get dressed up for Dana. You did. As yeah. Maverick. You did dress up as Maverick. And yeah. I did that just for you, Dana. And I appreciate yeah. that. And it didn't go unnoticed. Everybody loved it. Yeah. That's why when we took a group photo, I made sure you oh, were. Oh, I was right in the middle of it, of course. Perfect. All right. Well, Bill, if people want to follow you on, uh, on Twitter, keep up with you a little bit, how can they do that? Yeah. I, I, I I'm assuming that I'm still... Oh, by the way, I want to add this to you. You can add it if you want. James Foley's a director of Fear. Mm-hmm. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I did not know that. Know. You see? And, and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I haven't seen I didn't, that. No, I didn't know all that. So anyway. Not going um, to. <laughs> it's at UCFALUM98. That's UCFALUM98. So Perfect. you could probably figure out what that means. Perfect. So and I'm at UCFALUM98. Excellent. If you want to follow this show on Twitter, it's at Dana Buckler Show. I'm on Twitter at Real Dana Buckler. Be sure to join our Facebook group, The Dana Buckler Show. There will be a link in this episode's show notes to take you right to it. It's a private group where we have discussions about films. You get a little preview of what some of the upcoming episodes are going to be. So, Bill, 
Man, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's always good to see you, and I have so much fun doing this. I hope people appreciate my side of things, because I'm, I'm having fun doing I, this. I, I know they do. I'm having a blast. Do. Perfect. All right. And Thanks, my, Dana. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show, and my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.